Well, before we dive into the topic for today, and thank you again, Roy, for uh, sharing with us. Um, just a uh, quick announcement. Um, I'll mention this before the worship service too, but as you all know, our beloved Pastor Montgomery will be stepping down um, at the end of September to serve as our denomination's director of home missions. And so um, as a way of showing our appreciation and thanks for him and for his family, um, we have a box there in the narthex in the back. It says cards. And then in front of it, there's a huge stack of thank you note cards. We just want to encourage you, uh, take one of those. Um, take one, um, each of your family members or as a family, um, write some specific words of appreciation and thanks, and then put it in the box and you could do that either at home or um, while you're here at church. And then um, we're going to give that to them. So you already kind of know what's coming. <laughs> but you don't know what words will be spoken. So uh, please take advantage of that. Okay, well, as I was uh, thinking yesterday afternoon, <laughs> hearing the news that David was sick, I was thinking, well, what, what can we talk about in Sunday school? <laughs> And uh, what are the things that, um, what, like just as your pastor, one of your pastors, um, what are things, what, what, how do I want to encourage you um, if I get this, since I get this one-off opportunity here? And um, I was thinking about the need constantly to be revitalizing our personal devotions with the Lord Jesus, our private, as some people call it, quiet time. Um, the private worship that we do. Um, this is something that is such a basic core practice of the Christian life. And maybe some of you have made this your practice already and you feel like you have a good rhythm of it. Um, maybe some of you, as you're just taking stock of your, your life, you're like, uh, it happens very occasionally, <laughs> but not very often. And, um, and I, I hope the Sunday School profits both groups of people. Because um, I want, on the one hand, I want to cast a vision for this is something that is super important. We need to be doing this. Um, but we also, um, even if we have a regular practice of it, we often, uh, we, need, we need to have that regular practice sometimes revitalized. Where we have gotten into a rut, we're doing it, and there is some profit perhaps. Um, but maybe we need to ask ourselves, um, are the ways I need to grow in this so that I can be more faithful in this. Um, so I'm hoping to accomplish both of those things today. And I want to start just by asking, why is this so important? Why, why is private personal time of worship so important? Obviously, we have the corporate worship that we do once a week um, here and, and sometimes twice a week when we have evening service. That's super important. Um, we have family worship, which we often talk about um, in this church, um, trying to encourage couples and um, families with children to open the Word of God together. But then there's also this vitally important practice of private devotions. Why is it so important? Well, I want to offer a couple ideas here, and then I'd be interested to hear if you have any additional uh, thoughts as well. But one is, um, it's biblical. It's a biblical pattern. And let me just... Uh, Open God's Word with you to Psalm 1. We're going to look at a couple of places where we see just how important it is to be in the Word 
and in prayer. To be in the word and in prayer. That's what I mean when I say private devotions. We listen to God as he speaks to us in the Bible, and then we speak back to God in prayer. Um, When you sit down to see an old friend for a cup of coffee or get a meal or something, or when you're just having a conversation, what happens? They speak and you speak, right? There's, it goes both ways. And same thing in our relationship with God, although, of course, it's different because God is unlike human beings. Um, but look at this in Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He's like a tree planted by the streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. All right, so what is this text telling us as sort of the ideal of the godly man here? What are, what are, what's, what's the core kind of thing that makes that godly man thrive. Yeah. Meditating on the word, and when it says the law of the Lord, that particularly refers back to those first five books of the Old Testament. But as we see as we go through the rest of the Bible, that first core part of the Bible um, really is kind of part for the whole for, the, for everything. Right? Um, so when we talk about meditating on the law of the Lord, it really is um, talking about the entirety of Scripture, and it's something that he delights in, and he's meditating on day and night. And what's, what does it say about um, what's going to be the result of that? He's going to be prospering, and he's going to be planted. Yes, and, and sort of flesh out the, the image there in verse 3, like, What's, what's going on in that imagery? Like, um, definitely, yeah, he's prospering. Keep going. Yeah, he's fruitful. Yes. And we know what the fruit of the Spirit is, right? Uh, love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. Where does that come from? It comes from the inner strength that God gives to us. How does God give us that inner strength? The Word of God, right? Um, in the book of Jeremiah, he, he riffs on this. We don't have to turn there right now, but uh, 17, 5 through 8, he uses Psalm 1, and he adds a little bit to the image. And he says, when the summer, when like the hot wind of the desert blows on this tree, what happens when the hot wind blows and there's not good roots? Well, it withers, right? What happens when the hot wind blows and it's super dry out, and there's no rain. Well, if you have roots down deep into the water, you keep on prospering, and you can still bear fruit even when the heat is on, right? How do we have a fruitful life amid the persecutions and sufferings of this broken world, sinking your roots down deep into the Word of God? Did I see your hand, Mike? Okay. Excellent. Yeah, there's that as well. He's growing, right? How do we, how do we, you know, I love, I love how, like, there's this image here, right? 
uh, of the tree and all these different dimensions are, are, are right there. So like there's the fruitfulness, but there's also like the growth. How does that growth happen? Again, he's, he's got the nourishment that's coming up from the roots here. Um, so much more we could say here. Uh, the word planted is, is literally the word transplanted. So like God putting us and from a bad place to a place where we really need but the point is, this is something that we're supposed to be doing. What's the frequency? Day and night, right? It's like this constant reflection. And um, I just did a little search on the word morning. And this is a few verses that came up here. Psalm 5, verse 3. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch. That's the NASB. I like that better than ESV on this one. So isn't that a great picture? In the morning, I'll order my prayer to you, and then I'm going to eagerly watch as the day unfolds, right? Um, Psalm 59, 16, I will sing of your strength. I will sing aloud of your steadfast love in the morning. What's he doing in the morning? Singing. He's, he's rejoicing in God. Psalm 88, 13, I, but I, O Lord, cry to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. When does his prayer come before him? In the morning, (laughs) Uh, Psalm 145, verse 2, every day I will bless you. Every day I will bless you. This one doesn't have the word morning in it, but it's that picture. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Will we skip a day? No, (laughs) we will praise the Lord every day. How does he teach us to pray in uh, in Matthew 6? Give us this day our daily bread daily bread. So we're praying each day, Lord, help me today. Provide for me today. And then, of course, Jesus himself, Mark 1, 35, rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. So there's this biblical picture of daily praise daily prayer, daily feeding and taking up the nourishment that comes from God's word and the nourishment that comes from fellowship with God in prayer. Just a few more verses on prayer. Colossians 4.2, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. So this idea of watchfulness in prayer, like What does Jesus say he's expecting of his people when he returns? That we're looking for his coming. How are we looking for his coming? We are being watchful in prayer. We're saying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Uh, We're not dozing on the walls of the city. Um, No, we're looking. Jesus, come. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. Pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6, 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. And then uh, Romans 12, 12, rejoicing in hope, persevering in tribulation, devoted to prayer. So there's a biblical foundation here of devoted to prayer, devoted to the word of God. And I want to avoid legalism in the sense that like, there is no like Bible verse that says, thou shalt have thy daily quiet time. Um, and in that quiet time, thou shalt dedicate 20 minutes to <laughs> prayer and word. Well, no, like it's just not, it's not there, right? Um, there are crazy days, right? Like 
you have to wake up at 4 a.m. to catch a flight or something, and or like you know you have some terrible sickness running through the family and you're just like zapped. Um, so we shouldn't think that like, oh, I didn't do my quiet time today or I didn't take the time um, to sort of have dedicated prayer and in the word, therefore I sinned. I, I just don't think that's, that's the point. But what is the point? <laughs> what did you hear as like those verses calling us to? Yeah. If you want to grow, you have to eat. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what, what's going to happen to the to the, the flowers in the pot when you don't pour the water on it, right? That's real. Excellent. Yeah. What else? What, that, that's a terrific metaphor. If, you, if you're going to grow, you have to eat. What, what really, what is God calling us to in terms of personal Bible reading and prayer? Yeah. Yeah, we want to we want to go to him legitimately wanting this, right? And that's part of why we're doing the Sunday school is like perhaps a lot of us are being faithful to regularly take the time for for being with the Lord. Um but but we need to remember like that that core desire, right? Of of seeking him uh because we want to know him. Yeah. And and I would say like there are times where we do it simply because we know it's right and we're not maybe not feeling like it, right? Like we, we don't want to become slaves of our feelings um, such that, well, I don't feel like Bible reading right now, so I'm not going to do it because I only want to do it when I really feel like it's legit. <laughs> well, okay, that's a recipe for losing the practice, right? Um, this is a discipline, which means there are times where you feel like it and there's times when you don't, but... It's what we're after, yeah. Excellent, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, every morning you wake up is a, is a gift. You realize you're dependent on God for that. Um, do you realize every single moment where you that transpires where you're taking a breath in from outside, you are your dependence is being shown, right? No oxygen, no life. Right? Yeah, so part of why this is so vital is remembering you depend on God for your spiritual life. If you don't actively seek and are, are taking up that nourishment, guess what's gonna happen? Um, starvation, spiritual starvation. This, yeah. Exactly. You've got to know what's actually in the Word if you're going to be a disciple. Yeah. Yeah, did I hear? Yeah. That's right, yeah, you get, you get on the right foot when you seek God first, right? Um, I, I was convicted recently um, 
you know, just the temptation to like, what's the first thing you do in the morning? It's to look at your phone, right? <laughs> like, what did I miss? <laughs> and like, no, first thing you should do is looking to the Lord, right? And um, reestablishing that life-giving connection. That's sort of the second piece here. Um, so the first, first reason why it's so valuable, and actually we've, we brought up a whole bunch of other ones, um, in addition to the ones I just brought out, but um, it's biblical. But then um, the second reason is it's connected to um, what, what was just brought up, which is it is the very source of our spiritual life, or it is a source. Obviously, we derive um, strength from other forms of worship, like family worship and corporate worship. But um, John fifteen five, Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So, connection to the source of life. There are these, I, I, I don't know what kind of weed this is, but there's this particular weed that grows on our farm that um, always is going, it's like this vine weed that goes, always goes up the, the fences and stuff. And, and it's like, you know, this huge, like big, there's all these big leaves and, and it's just, it goes on and on and on. It grows, you know, feet in length. And it just, it always kind of blows my mind is, is all you have to do is snip sever that little link, right, right next to the soil <laughs> where the, the, the vine is coming up. You just sever that little thing, and guess what? Shrivel. It just shrivels all up, right? No link to life, no link to water, to soil, death, right? What happens to the vine, uh, the branch that's not connected to the vine? Death. So, Life comes from connection to Jesus. You need to be connected to Jesus. Um, part of why I just feel such a burden that this become a practice for you, a life-giving practice for you, is if this is in place, then guess what's going to happen where a church, in a church where people are actively feeding on the Word, actively feeding on Christ in prayer? Guess what's going to happen? There are going to be stronger marriages and less marriage conflict. Why? Because your eyes are on Jesus, and you're not making an idol out of your spouse. You're going to have stronger kids. Why? You're praying for your kids. What, what changes people? Prayer. Not, not us, right? We're not the Holy Spirit. You, you want to see transformation in your kids. You want to see them overcome immaturity and sin. You need to pray for them. What's going to happen when you're dedicated each day to lifting up your kids before the throne? They're going to change. God will answer those prayers. What's going to happen in a church where there's life-giving, like there's, what's, there's a secret feeding on Christ in the privacy of your quiet prayer time? There's going to be relationships that are based on grace. You're going to have the grace to love your brothers and sisters when they're not terribly lovable. Why? Because you're receiving that inner love. Remember Romans 5, the love of God has been poured out into your hearts through the Holy Spirit given to you. That's what's going to happen. 
Um, what's going to happen in a church where there's, there's people secretly feeding on the Word of God and seeking Christ? There's going to awaken this desire for the things of Christ, where you're going to want to see His kingdom come. You're going to want to see His will be done. You're going to say, whoa, the Bible is way more awesome than I thought. I need more of this, and you're going to be yearning for it. What's going to happen when we're connected to the vine? Fruit. You will change. You can't behold the glory of the risen Christ and come away unchanged from that. I once had a young Christian tell me in a moment of complete honesty and candor that the only time he ever prayed was when he was in church. I was like, yikes. <laughs> um, on the one hand, I'm like, thank you that in church, when prayer is happening, you're joining in with that. That's really good. But what's going to happen? Well, what happened in the case of this particular young Christian is he withered. The things of this world were too bright, um, too, too wonderful for him uh, to resist. Um, they were not growing strangely dim through beholding the glory of the risen Christ. He forgot who he was. He forgot his Savior. Um, this is really important. Can you think of any other reasons why this is so important? That we have this, this link to Christ, this regular feeding and resting upon him? Yeah, Mike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and and uh those those vital prayers for crucial things like what you're saying. Um, praying for our kids that they would be godly spouses, they would find godly spouses who would be providers. Um, yeah, that's that's something we gotta constantly be wrestling with God before the throne. On that, yeah, yeah, it's part of what what Jesus teaches us, right? Here's how you're supposed to pray. It's supposed to be like this widow who's badgering the judge, right? <laughs> Do you remember that? Um, so there's this this persevering in prayer, even when it doesn't feel you don't feel like it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, what, what we put into ourselves, what we focus on, what we meditate on will be what we then, what, what then comes back out, right? Um, and again, um, you are what you worship. This is, this is worship. Um, we think of worship in a kind of narrow, that word tends to be kind of narrow in our mind. That's when we're like singing, right? But worship is a much bigger word in the Bible, Worship includes when you're confessing your faith here. When you're listening actively to a sermon, do you realize you're worshiping? When you're reading the word and receiving what God has for you, 
in the per- privacy of your home, you're worshiping. Why? Because you're engaged in loving fellowship with God. We do not want to miss out on that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's a great, great point that a number of you have already mentioned. It's just part of why this is so important is we need to be reoriented constantly. Like, what happens when you don't weed the garden? It gets overrun with weeds, right? What happens when we don't tend to our souls? It falls apart. They, They fall apart. And we start to get overrun with pride and sin and we forget who we are. We forget how great God is, right? And so we need this constant reorientation. Okay, God is God. I am not. God is God. I'm not, right? We need, need to see, see his glory afresh. Okay, my life is not my own. I've been bought with a price, right? And so that reorientation is so important. Um, this is something I, I've discovered. I'm sure many of you discovered um, the days when I'm I, I, I slough off on this and, and I'm lazy on this. Those are the days when I am most disoriented spiritually, right? Where I'm more snappy with my family and more prone to complaining and other uh, besetting sins, right? Um, so there's this, this is strengthening and reorientation um, towards our God. Well, let's talk about practicals of, oh, we're going to yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these are the best days when I shake with fear before God. That, yeah, that, that sense of, like, holy trembling. Right? Reverence and awe. Um, that's a good place to be. Yeah. So let's talk about each in turn. Bible and prayer, just briefly. I'm going to be kind of brief on Bible, um, especially since Pastor Montgomery um, earlier this summer gave us a really nice kind of orientation to this. But I wanted to ask this. You know, I want to study this at the outset. There's so many different ways of doing our engagement with the Word. I mean, there was a time, I know it's kind of hard to imagine it, but there was a time before the printing press, before everybody had their own Bibles, right? Um, thousands of years. What was going on then? Well, people were hearing the word in church, or they were hearing the word read. Um, you know, and the, the Levites were charged with uh, teaching the word um, in the local towns of Israel. What was happening? The, the Torah, the, the, the word of God was being spoken, and people were internalizing it, memorizing it taking it with them in their hearts, what were they then doing with it? They were then remembering it, right? So there's all kinds of ways, um, even without a physical Bible, to be in the Word, right? Um, All kinds of Bible reading plans and um, ways you can engage with the Word. Here's the bigger question. Whatever you're doing with the Word, how do you know you have succeeded. In other words, what counts as a fruitful time in the Word? What are we after? 
Yeah, Jeremy. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, we are coming with repentant hearts. Um, we are seeking to change. And we're asking, how do I need to change, right? And so if, there's, if we're at least asking that question and we're saying, Lord, search my heart. I know that there are hidden sins inside of me. I know that there's stuff I'm not aware of where I need to change. If we're at least asking that question, that's a very profitable thing that's going on. Yeah, Dan? (laughs) Right. Yeah. What am I supposed to do with this? Right? Right. And that, that, you know, that's something that happens quite often. We read the Word and we're just scratching our head. Like, okay. Uh, I know this is God's word. I know this is good and this is profitable for me, but I don't get it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there are those difficult sections. I'm going to talk about that hopefully in a moment, but that that is a challenge. Yeah. 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 Good. Yeah, so it, this is sort of a expanding on this previous point, but it's interactive with God in the sense that we're expecting something from Him and we're responding back somehow. Um, and just, just as a word of encouragement, I think this is one of the ways that, that this is just one of the most important things um, to keep it from being like what it says in James where we look in the mirror and then forget what we look like, Right? That's what happens when you go to the Word and you just sort of forget what it says. We don't want to be like, you know, the seed falls on the ground and the birds immediately eat it and take it away. Um, How do we avoid that? We need to do something with the Word. And so whether it's we have a little journal where we're just sort of like, this is what I learned today in the Word, or here's a question I have from this passage, or um, this is one thing we encourage our kids to do, just write like a one-sentence summary of what you read. Right, just one sentence. And what, what's going to happen when you start doing that? You're going to start remembering where things are in the Bible. Like, you're going to start saying, oh, yeah, like, okay, so Leviticus has this kind of layout. That's where this is, right? Um, just doing something to respond. Uh, for me, it always, it has to involve some kind of writing, but um, some kind of response, even if it's just responding in prayer with the praise and thanks for what we just heard. Um, really, really helps.
Good. What are some other ways that we, we can say, okay, this was a fruitful time in the Word? Yes. Yeah. You're still here. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great analogy. Yeah, that's really good. I, I love the analogy of like, do you remember what you had for breakfast yesterday? You, you know, you're, you're, what are you doing? You're, you're saying, God, I trust you that you're going to feed me through this. And even sometimes when you go away from it, and let's just say you're just in a fog, like it's brain fog morning, right? And you're just, you're not really remembering, right? But God can still bless you even through that. Um, and sometimes in surprising ways where, you know, weeks later we'll say, I feel like I read a Bible verse on something like this, right? Um, and that's another one. You know, just can you look back and say, I'm actually learning the Bible. Like I'm actually acquiring an understanding of it that I didn't have before. And obviously that's something that takes time. But like, are you actually building Scripture knowledge and overall understanding of who God is? Um, there's a wonderful... Um, uh, section of the confession, Westminster Confession 14.2, I'll just paraphrase, but it just talks about the various actings of faith. And what, what really is fruitful engagement with the Word? It's when we're engaging by faith. And what does faith do? Well, um, in this part of the confession, it says, faith responds differently depending on what is contained in the Word. So it talks about trembling at the warnings, rejoicing and taking comfort in the promises. Whatever the word contains, that's what we're responding with. Um, and so just having that attitude of like, okay, um, do I feel like I'm having my hope encouraged? Okay, maybe I'm not really feeling that. Maybe I need to change how I'm going about this. And even just um, on the point of interactive, I wanted to mention these two scriptures. Do you believe that God's speaking to you? Like, he made this for you. Uh, Romans 15, 4. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. God gave you the word so you'd grow. 1 Corinthians ten eleven. Now, these things happened to them, the Israelites, as an example. But they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. The Bible was written for you. So having that attitude of expecting something great from God, something that he's going to give to us. Um, a lot of times people can get discouraged and just say, like, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? If you're in the word and you're seeking him, then you're doing it right. Um, that's the point, right? We're going, seeking to grow closer to Christ. Yeah.
Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it takes us outside of ourselves in a very fruitful way. And, and that's actually one of the great things about the Word, isn't it? It's God's way of breaking the brain patterns that we're stuck in, right? We're stuck in some very negative pattern of internal thought, whether it's an unforgiving, unforgiving thoughts towards somebody who's wronged you or just, you know, uh, sinful addictions or um, very negative thoughts about yourself. Well, God interrupts that. He interrupts you. How does he interrupt you? He speaks. How does he speak? Through his word. Right? Let's talk about prayer since uh, we're um, getting a little low on time. What makes a fruitful time of prayer? How do you know prayer time has been good? Honesty. Yeah, all you have to do is read a few of the Psalms and you're like, wow, this is like very honest, <laughs> right? And, uh, you know, God is honored when we bring our complaints to him, right? It's kind of, kind of striking, but yeah, honesty. What else makes for a fruitful time in prayer? Good. Yeah, that humility, laying our, ourself before the Lord. It's kind of a trick question because, honestly, any time in prayer is a fruitful time. <laughs> like, honestly, if we are looking at ourselves and saying, have I been, like, have I gotten through everything I was supposed to pray for? Or have I, you know, kept solid focus on God? Or do I feel very warm, uh, you know, afterwards? We'll often feel kind of disappointed and discouraged, won't we? Right? But if we're just honestly saying, I'm seeking you, Lord. You know, uh, Psalm 27, verse 8. Your face, O Lord, do I seek. Right? And we're just seeking his face. And sometimes he gives a wonderful gift of just sort of like wonderful, refreshing, intimate time of prayer with God. And then sometimes it's just sort of, you feel kind of dry. Right? But you, you, you're still seeking him, and you're, you're, honest, you're honest with him. You're, you're humble before him. Um, and I honestly think uh, the order, uh, this is my experience anyway, the order matters. Um, so doing, letting God speak first and then responding I think is very helpful. Because one of the things you can then do is pray God's word back to him. So, you know, uh, we just read Psalm 1. Um, Lord, help me not to walk in the way of sin, sinful men in order to follow their counsel. Help me to, Lord, help me to be a man of the word. Help me to actually delight in your word. Um, you see how we're following the groove that the text gave you, turning every verse into a prayer. Lord, help me to be like that tree that bears good fruit in season. Um, may you make it so that everything I do prosper, prospers. So um, I think that helps, um, having the word to prompt us. And beginning with praise is a great way to begin, not just launching into the, the list of things. But having a list actually really helps. Um, you know, <clears throat> every day I really want to be praying for, I want to pray for my own, you know, pray against my own sin struggles. I want to pray for my, my wife. I want to pray for each of my kids in turn and their particular needs. 
Um, I want to pray for my church, pray for my country, uh, pray for my extended family. And you have that kind of groove that helps you then to make sure you're hitting those core things um, and not feeling guilty if, for example, you forget something or, you know, your mind wanders. Well, wherever it wandered to, pray about that and then go back to where you were. Did I see your hand, Rick? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, giving us, God giving us the strength for what we didn't even know we were going to encounter that day, right? And then being ready, being strong in Him. Yes. So, um, this is something we need to cultivate in ourselves, something we need, I would, I would like to say to all the parents, that we need to cultivate in our kids as well. I once had a, a friend, very earnest brother in the Lord, who said, you know, I don't really want to, like, force my kids to have any time in the Word or in prayer because I want it to come naturally. And I'm like, I love you. <laughs> you know, that's, there's so, so much good, good right there. But um, it's okay <laughs> to say, you need to sit down and have your, your time in the Word, and then we'll have breakfast, right? Um, giving that structure helps them um, we need that structure, right? Um, we're helping them to develop that structure, too. Um, so let's talk about things that can short-circuit this. I, I made a list, and this is just sort of the final, final couple things we could talk through. Um, so um, short-circuit number one, um, falling into a rut, where we're just sort of chugging along, doing what we've been doing for a long time, but we've lost the, the core things that we've been listening here, this sort of pursuing fellowship with God. We've, we've kind of we've lost that. So what, what would we say if we fall into the rut and we're kind of just sort of chugging along, but it has ceased to be a life-giving thing? What, how should we respond? Yeah. There. Yeah, talk to God about it and change things up. The resources that are available to you, brothers and sisters, are unspeakable. So even something as simple as, like, they sell uh, Bible translations where there are no verse numbers, no chapter numbers, no headings. It's just like, it's like you're reading, it looks like, a, you know, like a, a novel kind of format, right? Even something uh, like that that sort of um, de- defamiliarizes the experience of the word. Or yeah, changing the Bible translations. Another great example, like, oh, wow, I never thought about that. I never saw it that way. This familiar passage now reads afresh. Yeah, so changing things up. Let's talk about another one. Um, oh, uh, I'll just pray as I go along through the day. I'm not going to like take this focus time for prayer. I'm just going to pray kind of on the go. What's going to, how is that going to short circuit us? You don't have a routine in your building, right? Is it good to pray as we go through our day? 
for sure, <laughs> right? So I'm definitely not dissing that. Um, what do we miss when we don't have the, the focused time? Yeah, Mike? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that there's something about when we're just starting in the day before our mind is really wrapped around a whole bunch of problems that we're dealing with, right? Or all the things we're trying to get accomplished. Um, it's a very special time, right? Very, very good for, for getting ourselves rightly focused, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Excellent. Yeah, that, that posture of surrender. And really, like, when we give our life to Jesus, you're going to need every single day to give your whole life to Jesus, right? <laughs> so we're constantly re-surrendering to him. Like, Lord, my life is not my own. And uh, just the importance of having, like, a moment where, where we're really focusing on that, right? Um, and, and isn't it important, right? Like, Imagine, you know, with your spouse, if all of your conversations were kind of like while you're busy going, doing everything, and there's never like focused time where you're sitting down and like looking at each other and saying, how are you doing? How's your, how are things going? Like, you, we need those times, right? And then same thing with God. What about this? Um, the Bible doesn't make sense to me. Um, I, I read it, but I never get anything out of it. Um, how should we respond to that? Well, you're excused. You don't have to. <laughs> What's that? Pray. Yeah, pray. Pray for understanding. And, um, and you know, even, you know, there are, all, again, all these resources, like the, the study Bible sometimes can really help us. Just like, okay, this is what this strange uh, phrase means. Um, there's often big help there. And even if you read it, you don't. You understand like five percent. Well, guess what? You understood five percent, and that's great, because the next time you come around, you're gonna understand more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, there's profit that comes even from reading and not understanding because then it provides that baseline so that later, when God gives you those opportunities, you're able to engage and understand. Um, here's a bunch more. Um, since it's time's up, I'll just mention them all. I'm a doer, not a like meditative person. Well, you're in the image of God, and being a doer is a great thing. But you need that reflective time, too. My kids pester me. I'm sure you'd be able to overcome that. <laughs> but it is a challenge. My brain is a fog early in the morning. Or my mind wanders. These are real th challenges, right? Don't give up. Don't use those as an excuse. Or the worst one I've ever heard. I was a brand new Christian. I was visiting this place in Michigan, and I was asking this this older Christian guy, like, so what are you reading in the Bible? 
And he said, oh, I don't read the Bible anymore. I was like, you know, this is like bright-eyed, like new guy. I was like, what? You're not reading anything in the Bible? You don't read the Bible anymore? He's like, well, why not? And he said, well, I already kind of understand all that stuff. I, I got it all figured out. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> no, you'll never get to the bottom. You'll never get to the bottom. And remember this. This is the thing that really sustains me. John 17, 3. This is eternal life that they know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. If you, if you want to preserve the motivation for true engagement with God in private worship, it is, this is life. I need you, God. Help me to be faithful to seek your face. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this gift um, in this present time where we actually all have our own personal copy of God's word. Thank you that we have the privilege of an inner relationship with you through the Spirit, this vital link to the vine. And we pray that we would keep that link healthy and strong. Help us, Lord, to grow as a people of focused engagement in the Word and focused prayer. We know that so much life comes when we are close to you. Keep us close to you. Keep us growing. Keep us steadfast in prayer. Even if we feel like we're not good at it, Lord, help us to keep on seeking you because we know that there is life to be found nowhere except in you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.